It's okay to plunge in to human history, to plunge in to the human experience, to give it our all, to pour forth from our heart that infinite love that God has placed in us. From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast Sunday Series, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. Have you ever been ready to go swimming, and then when you get to the pool, dipped your toe in to test the waters before jumping in? And if it's too cold, you either decide not to swim or very slowly wade in? Well, many times the pool in this scenario could be a metaphor for parts of our life. Is there anywhere you're just dipping your toe in, in hopes to avoid the pain of quickly and energetically plunging in with all you've got? Today, Father Jack Wall goes over how Christ fully immerses himself in humanity and reviews why plunging in is good for all of us. If we had a camera that covered the whole human journey, and if we could freeze frame a moment in the history of the human race, in the history of all peoples, what we have just read was one of those moments. A moment that in many ways says everything that is to come. We see this Jesus of Nazareth coming from Galilee into Judea. We don't know how old he was, what he has been doing for the last few decades of his life, but he finds his way among this people, this people whose hearts were filled with expectation of the coming of God, of the work of God, of the revelation of what God is up to in the world and at that moment of history and among his people. And the people whose hearts were filled with expectation were going to John because John was asking them to do one thing. Let's be prepared. Let's be ready. We don't know what is coming but we are confident that God is always coming into the human experience. And the great dream that is in our hearts for a Messiah, the anointed one to come and open for us this journey called human life, to give our lives a greater sense of purpose and meaning, to fill our hearts with peace, to create a world that's expressed itself in compassion and life-giving ways this expectation of the human heart of several thousand years ago and the expectation that is in our hearts for the presence of God, for the working of God in the human journey, in human history, in every moment of that journey. And Jesus comes, and what does he do? He plunges in. He plunges in with all of them saints and sinners, people struggling along, and people looking for new ways, different ways, people who've sensed oppression and alienation, people who looked at their own hearts and said, I'm not exactly doing it right all the time. People who John spoke to their hearts and said, there is something that we can do, and that is wait with anticipation, open our hearts, to the mystery that is unfolding in our life journey. And Jesus plunges in. He joins the human journey, 
the human heart in all of its expressions, plunges in with all of us in the human journey, walks in solidarity, enters in solidarity into the depths of the human journey in all of its mess, its muddleness, its mystery, plunges in and comes out and centers into prayer and openness to the word of God and openness to the mystery of God. And the scriptures say in this freeze frame of a moment, the heavens were opened. The mystery spoke. The voice of God the God of all the universe, the God of all of the human journey in the world, a voice was spoken. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. And what does the voice say? These radical words. You are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. As if God looks at the Jesus of Nazareth and he sees how God chooses to work in human history through us, through our humanity. Not coming from outside, not coming from some distant place, not doing something arbitrary, opening the mystery of God in all of our humanity, in all of the messiness of our lives, and recognizing that he has created people to be free, to have an inner freedom, that God does not force anything on the human heart, that God does not force anything on human history. It's not an arbitrariness. It's not a controlling God. We don't pray to oh, all controlling God. God has given us freedom. And Jesus plunges in to the river of history, the river of the human journey, in all of its peculiarities and eccentricities, its good and its bad, its up and its down, its dreams and hopes, its tragedies and failures, plunges in. And God, the voice of God, speaks to this Jesus and says, you are my beloved son because you choose to enter into from your heart to live this mystery of what it is to be the beloved one. You are my beloved. In you I take delight, I take pleasure, I am well pleased. You are doing what the divine is asking. You are doing what the divine intends in terms of the salvation of the world. This freeze frame moment is descriptive of an experience of Jesus. And it moves us into our experience. Because if Jesus is the beloved one, and if he enters fully into human history, into every human heart, and he is doing the work of God, he is revealing 
the divine in us, revealing the deepest truth of who we are. Jesus isn't the beloved son over against us. He is the beloved one within us, among us. He is revealing what God is doing in each of our human hearts, in our hopes and dreams, in our failures and tragedies, in all the ups and downs of our life experiences, no matter what moment it is of our life journey. It's in this now. This is how God chooses to work. This is how God chooses to move us into the deepest understanding of who we are. We're not isolated. We're not just floating out there. Our lives are not meaningless. Our lives are deeply purposeful because the deepest thing that is going on inside of you at this moment, not just when you were created, but the ongoing life-going experience of the divine in us and in the world is loving you. Loving you into life, into a deeper way of being, to remind us and to give us a sense of, of conviction that the life mystery of the world, of all of life, at the heart of it is a mystery of a life-giving God, a loving God, who gave each one of us a share of that life. And that is the deepest fact of our being. This is our spiritual DNA. This is who we are. God loving each one of us into life. And God dreaming that we would become who we are. Become what love does. What loving you in all of your uniqueness, what it does, what it means, the joy that should fill our own hearts, that we are never separated from the mystery of the whole. We're never out, outside the mystery of God's love. Paul said it many years later when he reflected on this. What can ever separate us from the love of God? And he goes through a whole litany. Nothing, nothing can separate you from the profound love that God has for each one of us. And the freedom, the freedom that gives to us to live without fear and to give of ourselves to become who we are, the beloved, and be, experience that, that that is the truth of each one of us and that our communion with God leads us into this sense of communion with one another. It's okay to plunge in to human history, to plunge in to the human experience, to give it our all, to pour forth from our heart that infinite love that God has placed in us and comes out clumsily in each one of us. That great creed that Jack Shea wrote, he said, and most deeply we believe that when we struggle to love, we incarnate God. That's what we believe about Jesus. That in his pouring out of his life and life-giving, healing, reconciling, creative, beautiful, empowering ways, he incarnates the divine. And we, 
have gone through the baptism of Jesus. We've been baptized in the spirit and in fire, in energy, in power. That is our truth. In a few minutes after this mass, I get the great privilege to baptize a young baby, firstborn, Michael, who is like God. Michael, who is like God. And that is our name. The mystery of God is in our hearts. And the mystery of God is one that always outpours and connects and creates a sense of communion and solidarity, one with God, one with each other, no more excluding one another. We pour ourselves out in life-giving ways because it's our truth. We do it with as little fear as we, we can push aside and open our hearts with this great gift of freedom that we can live this life fully and freely in life-giving ways. We are like God. And who brings a child to the baptism of Jesus? Parents. Parents who gave their physical DNA to their child or adopted a child into their hearts. And these parents bring a child to the mystery that they believe is life-giving love. And they recognize in their children, as we do, that something more. They are more than they seem. We are more than they, we seem because the divine life is within us. And so we bring them to be joined to this Christ who calls us his mystical body, his body in the world. We are the incarnation of divine life and divine hope and divine joy and divine purpose. It's in us. It's who we are. And baptism is that announcement of our conviction about life. What we are about is something beautiful and good and so dramatic that the first followers of Jesus said, in Jesus, there's a whole new creation, a whole new humanity. All the false ways in which we thought we were living, in which we thought we were somehow in control and power, no, we're sitting on the most profound power of all. It's God's love. And you and I gathered here, gathered in live stream, what we have been called from the voice of God is to hear these words again, to hear it anew. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. You are my beloved people. Not to see that in an exclusionary way or some way that gives us uh, a, a, a way in which we are somehow excluded from all the problems of life. No, it's about plunging in, but plunging in with this confidence and conviction that nothing can separate us from that love. So let it go and become hope and compassion and care for this world in which we live, to break through the fears and the divisions and everything else and live with joy this great call. You are the fruits of the first one born, and you are the ones that are meant to give hope for our children and for all the children of the earth. What a call. What a purpose, what a meaning. When you know who you are, you know your mission. And our mission as God's people is to go out and live that belovedness toward one another and toward the world and let nothing divide us from this power of God's love that's coming forth in a unique way in us, in a unique way in history, 
in a unique way in each one of our hearts. The baptism of Jesus, freeze frame. This radical thing that's being expressed about you, about me, about the mystery of God at work in us, and his invitation to take this moment, our moment in history, and bring joy to the world, and hope to the world, and compassion and love and care to the world, and all the creativity we can muster to create this new way of being human, this new creation of a people, one with God, and one with each other in our journey. Happy Feast of Your Baptism. Time now for announcements and events. This Sunday, January 16th, we'll be holding our next After Five Gathering. These gatherings take place every third Sunday and are meant to bring together young adults for conversation, community, and connection. No RSVP is necessary. Newcomers are especially welcome. For more details about the event on the 16th from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. in Hughes Hall, visit oldstpats.org encounter. The legacy of racism continues to create deep divisions in our country today, and the fear of talking about it separates us all the more. Let's come together on Thursday, January 27, 2022, from 6.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. to unpack the challenge of racial justice and build the muscle of having courageous conversations that matter. Join OSP's Racial Equity and Justice Initiative for our next event of the Courageous Conversation series. Details and registration coming soon. Foundations is excited to bring you homestyle hotcakes again this year. Traditionally, Foundations Youth Ministry hosts a pancake breakfast in January to benefit our summer work tours. With the pandemic still ongoing, we can't be together at Old St. Pat's this year, but want to continue the pancake tradition. So we invite you to join us on January 30th. There's three simple steps to participate. First, make pancakes at your home for family, friends, roommates, neighbors, or more on the 30th. Then take a picture of your pancakes and tag at OSP Foundations on Instagram or send a picture to foundations at oldstpats.org so we can enjoy homestyle hotcakes as a church community. Photo submissions will be entered into a raffle for a prize. Then donate to Foundations Work Tours. All donors will receive a Pancakes and Prayers cookbook and be entered into a raffle to win a two-night stay at a lake house. For all the details, visit bit.ly slash hotcakes2022. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The homily was originally given at the 10 a.m. Mass on Sunday, January 9th by Father Jack Wall. For more information about all resources available, visit our website at oldstpats.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Old St. Pat's app. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pat's and on Instagram at Old St. Pat's Chicago. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast. Podcast.